0: And welcome to episode 5 of Stuffed, the consumer tech podcast brought to you by the editors of Stuff magazine. I'm Craig Wilson and here with me is the
1: bleary-eyed Toby Shapshack. Uh, Toby, why so sleepy? Well, you know, what is the sleep word you keep using? <laughs> uh, have a newborn child and suddenly you appreciate just what a miracle six hours of sleep even Uh, broken sleep can be. So that is the reason you haven't heard from us for a bit Um, and that is the reason why the uh, July-August issue of Stuff Magazine has so many baby toys in it
0: Well it turns out that uh, babies uh, come with an awful lot of tech and it seems like you could lose a lot of that uh, sleeplessness if you weren't busy doing other things to researching uh, just which stroller, baby monitor, milk warmer, breast pump, whatever. It's It's a wash
1: with tech true true and i and i i, I have been joking that uh, luckily i've been a technology journalist for 20 years so that the daunting prospect of choosing a, a pram wasn't quite as daunting because at least i knew how to deal with complex technology i didn't understand and needed to rapidly ramp up and choose between various technologies various <laughs> brands various wheel sizes suspensions i um, mean it is quite a, a minefield but it is really interesting because if i think about the technology that was around when i was a kid It's just nowhere near it. The prams are really remarkable. They weigh next to nothing. Sure. Uh, The baby monitors are spectacular. The things they can do and read and check uh, the streaming video basically to a a, a second monitor. I mean what Um, it really is is a lot of it seems to be a a proof case of this Internet of Things, this term that
0: it's bandied about. I mean the baby monitors in particular, you get sort of weight sensors, movement sensors, ambient temperature. It's it's
1: really something. So uh, please forgive me if my Focus has shifted from uh, which phone to get to which pram to get, but uh, these are all phases of life. But it's uh, it's n- it's not something I'm alone in. Nick Boehmer, our digital publisher, has just had twins. Well, I can say anything you can do, he can do better. be yes. the argument. here, twins. Yes. And uh, and he is as uh, deeply involved in these things. So, um, but let's move on because the big news of the week is uh, is not just that Facebook has hit. 2 billion users which we'll get to but yet but thanks to
0: people like you of course adding to the uh, the population yes why right, thank you we'll thank have you.
1: a 2 billion and one should soon enough indeed um, and uh, the, the, the really big story is yet another major ransomware attack uh, Petcha as it's called has crippled innumerable businesses around the world uh.
0: including a local one right so WPP the massive agency that's gradually been buying up all of the reputable agencies in South Africa uh, they were affected too I saw someone I know who works at one of their subsidiaries posting that their um, their systems
1: were down and they were trying to work through it yeah really dangerous terrifying stuff it's a bit like the kind of scripts of movies we've seen for years and years of this uh, virus or malware that's able to you know cripple computers and cripple power grids well that's exactly what happened in the ukraine wired magazine's cover story this month is just about how ukraine's power utilities were were hijacked by malware buy ransomware and a lot of the machines were destroyed um, it's a terrifying expose of sure. just the power of this and and what's even more terrifying is that presumably the Russian hackers behind it are kind of doing this as an experiment for doing other things a lot of American commentators and one former CIA analyst are saying that this is just a test run, a dry run for taking on America's power utilities. And, of course, this would have much more major implications uh, than the hacking of the Democratic National Convention. <laughs> sure. I suppose if you think Depending you know, on it where could your be worse life. than yeah. what it is now. Also,
0: I mean, we've seen effective ones already, right? We've seen things like the San Francisco public transport system being held to, to ransom, which is, of course, how these things work. Uh, I saw a hotel chain. They, they just locked all of the doors. So you had guests stuck in rooms. You had other guests who couldn't get into rooms. And of course, what do they do in these cases? Well, it seems like a fairly nominal fee for a big business. You know, often the, the, the charge is sort of $300 in Bitcoin or this sort of thing. So, I mean, for the most part, um, people do pay. But I guess the, the key lesson, you know, the thing that people always ask me in the wake of these I always get an uptick of phone calls saying you know am I at risk what can I do and I guess you know the key one to make sure that you don't run into this and it's it's sort of basic uh, uh, good computer practice is just to make sure that all of your really important stuff And here I mean things like your personal photographs, you know, and your work documents and the things that you really couldn't afford to lose, that they're backed up fairly regularly and that you keep them on an offline drive, you know, just once a month, plug it in, back it up. If you use a Mac, you can do it very effortlessly with Time Machine and just make sure that there is a hard drive that isn't connected to the internet. And then if you do fall victim to it, if something does happen, you can just ignore the ransom. You know, you wipe your system, you reinstall and you haven't, you know, at most you've lost maybe a week or two uh, of work and and images but really that's the stuff that's important to most
1: of us. It is indeed and I, and I, I agree you can't stress this paranoia enough. I'm pleased in only one regard in that all of my paranoia for all these years Now people don't think I'm as crazy as they have (laughs) for my fanaticism with backing up and having multiple backups. Um, Always make sure your operating system is updated whenever patches are released, either for Windows Mm. or Mac OS, always do them. Have some kind of security software on your machine. Pay for it. It's worth every cent. I use Kaspersky Internet Security, so Mm. does the Stuff Office. And then have a backup, have multiple backups, as Craig says. Mm. Back up to something like Dropbox or CrashPlan. Back up to um, an external hard drive. Use something. Make sure it's not on the internet. Your backup, your, one of your backups should not be online, and just do it diligently because if something happens to you. It is a disaster. For photographs, uh, Craig and I are unanimous that the best service out there is Google Photos. Absolutely. Just make sure you have a very secure password, and always, 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 always have two-factor authentication. Yeah. Either absolutely. the Google Authenticator or an SMS on all of your major accounts: your email, your social media, anything like that.
0: And the final one, really, and it's maybe less about ransomware specifically, but just generally about good practice, the one I tell all of my friends and family who'll listen, is a different password for your email, your online banking and your social media services always just those three you can then i mean it's not good practice but i know a lot of people pick a generic for for other things but as long as that generic is not the same as those three sensitive things I mean the main one is your email because once someone's in your email and can reset passwords and things particularly if you haven't taken Toby shapshak's advice and used two factor authentication it's once they're in there that this becomes really problematic so yeah banking Uh, banking, social media, email, keep those three on different passwords and you'll do a long way. It's not even about making sure that you're totally protected, it's about making sure that you're less of a target than someone else. Because in these kinds of things, the softest targets are gonna be the ones that are uh, pursued most aggressively. So if you're a little bit more difficult, Uh, It makes it all that more likely that you'll be passed over. But anyway, you also mentioned Toby this uh, stat coming out of Facebook this week about two billion users globally now, which is uh, I mean it's just just a staggering staggering figure for a company that's you know a little bit uh, really a decade old, and we've gone from something that we couldn't imagine to something that uh, I guess the vast majority of people uh, can't
1: imagine being without. Um, indeed, I mean, I I've been calling Facebook the internet, internet, and in a way, it is. I mean, it's so interesting how pervasive and widespread it is. I ask people all the time, you know, with f- basic phones, feature phones, do you, are you on the internet? And they look at me and they go, no. And then I say, are you on Facebook? And they go, duh. Yeah. It's yeah, become indeed. so pervasive that it is it is more than just the internet to some people. It is of course the walled garden that AOL first brought to the online sphere and yet it's a wall garden that people are very happy to stay within.
0: Sure and they're working very hard to keep you in it, right? More and more video services, more and more content more and more, uh, you know, Facebook marketplace which is a, you know like an OLX or uh, an eBay for reselling items in your own neighbourhood I mean there's a bunch of these services that you know, it's working really hard to become all-encompassing and of course all the things it owns right? Instagram, WhatsApp all of these peripheral uh, Messenger services, well it's Messenger of, that it's all
1: these, out. Yeah, all of these services now have, I mean, uh, certainly Messenger and, and WhatsApp, a billion users in their own right. I mean, these are massive, massive networks
0: yeah, themselves. Absolutely, I mean the numbers are just crazy, of course, no sign of it uh, going anywhere. But you know, Facebook meanwhile showing good news. We've seen uh, Uber, of course, not having nearly as good a run. First, the uh, well, I mean, not first. There's been an endless slew of problems. But most recently, we had the uh, accusations of um, rampant sexism in the organisation, massive cultural problems. Then you had the leaked email from the CEO from uh, a couple of years back, talking about uh, what constituted decent behaviour on a company. Ret- treat uh, that was full of the sort of machismo and you know the kinds of things that I think tech companies get accused of all the time and uh, with good reason you know they seem to be this toxic toxic culture in uber and of course now it's proven so severe that the board has successfully pushed
1: uh, the ceo out as have the major investors i mean that the true tragedy of this all is that in the announcement that there would be a further female second female Board member. One of the other board members made a sexist comment. I mean, that is just a real indictment, and it's it's not just just, how endemic it is, right? Exactly. It's it's not just Uber. It is the whole of Silicon Valley. I hear these stories all the time. It's worse than the CEO of Celsius' infamous bitch switch comment. You know, this is a pervasive uh, attitude that goes around in so many organizations. That is just. You know, it's toxic. It's 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 diminishing to fifty percent of the people in the planet, um, and uh, and a lot of people are saying it's not right. This uh, Travis has built this company and he's done right. Well, you know, it's like it was all good and well until this terrible incidents happened. I was surprised he wasn't pushed out after he was caught on TV ranting. Uh, he was As an Uber on driver, finger, on yeah. an Uber driver. I mean, that was just unbecoming behavior of someone of that position and this trip to a, an escort agency in South Korea uh, amazing. I mean, the, the, the scandals have been quite significant the aspect of this all that I'm curious to see unfold is what's going to happen with the auto truck company purchase because basically what has been discovered is that um, I, can't, I can't pronounce his surname Levinsky 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 um, who was at Uber's or Waymo's, uh, Alphabet's Waymo self-driving business and then started his own uh, self-driving truck business called Otto, which Uber bought for $600 million. Uh, it seems like a lot of that IP was stolen, and, and the, the, the court case hasn't happened yet, but by all accounts, you know, he took... Gigabytes. what's it 14 gigabytes oh, of data uh, with him when he left and one of the suppliers emailed Google by mistake or alphabet by mistake with a, a, a circuit board design that matched exactly theirs um, what is Uber going to do I mean they fired this guy but do they get their 600 million dollars back Sure, sure. Are there clauses in these kind of contracts that say the IP is yours and you didn't steal it from your former employer? And
0: in turn, what does this mean for their self-driving project? Because, of course, this is the the next uh, step. You know, if Uber uh, can... can, I mean, one of the remaining points of friction is... uh, having to deal with drivers, if you can remove some of them from the equation, the model gets even slicker. I think, I think what's interesting too is to see the backlash against the company from a lot of people. There have been a lot of quarters uh, calling for you know, people to not use it. But what we've seen even here is you've got things like Taxify uh, that have sprung up in a number of markets. Taxify is a very interesting one. I think it's a, it's actually an Estonian-owned company uh, that operates in a number of countries in, in, and cities in Europe uh, and in uh, Johannesburg, Pretoria, and Cape Town here in South Africa, but this is the other challenge for Uber: is that its model is uh, by no means, you know, impossible to replicate. Uh, if people feel enough a bad will against it, um, there is absolutely the chance for copycat services to spring up. And of course, we see a lot of that, particularly here, and a lot of the apps and things that that I um, get sent emails about are. Uh, copycats of existing apps in other markets that just haven't launched here for whatever reason now yeah. don't be wrong, I'm not being too dismissive i mean uh, I think there's a lot of room for local apps that address local issues. But by the same token, uh, I can't blame the entrepreneurial for going, "Hey, there's this thing I saw somewhere else. It works really well. They're not going to bring it here anytime soon. Maybe I can get an early start and get a foothold in the market." But my point is, you know, there are a lot of people I've seen uh, in my social networks, uh, just anecdotally, uh, suggesting, you know, encouraging people to try Taxify, encouraging people to try the alternatives, and that's the problem with these uh, contemporary services: is that if you uh, have a good model, uh, it's often a model that someone else can uh, replicate. And if you go, if you burn uh, through your reputation hard enough and someone else can set something up, um, there's no reason your customers won't move. You
1: know, tech customers are inherently fickle. True, but I, I really, th- I can't, I just can't see it. And there are lots of issues, right? There are enormous amounts of issues in the, the Uber story, the, the fight that they're having with um unionized workers, that they aren't employees. I can't see how they're going to win that. I just don't, Uh, I'm not familiar with US labor law, but generally labor law um, is going to find in their favor. So we'll see what happens with that. Well, look, also eventually they're going to have to actually make some money. And I mean, one of the great problems
0: for uh, the various investors is Uber's raised an inordinate amount of money, but in the vast majority of markets in which it operates, it operates at a loss. Um, You know, As far as I know, including this one, um, the land grab phase is still so aggressive. Uh, and obviously with the writing out other services like Uber Eats and, and the like. You know, I noticed uh, just, but, but for example, Uber Eats had a promotion last week where uh, if you used a particular code, you could get three deliveries for free. And, you know, go and look at a competitive service like Order In and Order In's got a 30 Rand delivery fee. So who are you going to go with? Well, even if you want to support the competition, you're probably going to go with Uber Eats because they are just undercutting their rivals. You know, in the same way that the regular Uber service does. Yeah. They'll make it so cheap that you'll, you know, people will be compelled to use it. But one day,
1: it's going to have to turn a profit. It's going to keep investors um, happy. Indeed. Well, uh, that's if they don't face major uh, 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 legal challenges or, or court cases because of the Grable software and other software that they've used, which is just illegal. Um, They also seem to have been sanctioned by Apple for continuously tracking uh, people's phones using IME numbers, um, even though that's against Apple's um so the terms of service. terms of conditions. So so really, a lot of black marks against the company. And then again, they just work. They are easy. They're efficient. Sure. You, they've you changed the drunk driving
0: culture in South Africa. Completely. There's a whole lot to like. And, you know, for the, the drivers and for end users, uh, uh, it's great. But they've certainly got to do something to something to address that culture. Anyway, you mentioned Apple, I just want to touch on them briefly. Uh, a couple of things. The first one is in the news. If you, the adventurous sort, uh, I for one am not usually, uh, you can download the iOS 11 public beta, which uh, uh, is out and available for you to fiddle with if you can't wait for the public release, which normally comes around September, along with the announcements of the new phones. But also, um, you know, WWDC, a couple of weeks back, all of the big announcements about the new Apple gear, uh, You've got the new iMac that looks like the desktop replacement for the Mac and a real powerhouse uh, for serious creatives. Of course, unfortunately, it's going to start by the looks of it at around 60,000 Rand. And I'm sure once you spec it up, you'll be able to push that over a hundred, but nice to see Apple responding to user criticisms. But the thing that I thought was most interesting for the South African consumers out of the announcements was the Apple HomePod. Indeed. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think Siri is uh, yet in the same league as Google's voice assistant. And from the little I've seen of it and what I've heard from some of my American friends who are users, uh, Amazon's Alexa is also a very, very capable assistant and arguably more capable than Siri is today. But for South African users, the key difference is that... Siri, first, has uh, South African language support. Uh, you can even get a, a bit of an accent, if you like, uh, for, you know, your directions. Oh, is it? No, I checked it, I agree. Yeah, sweet. So you can, get, uh, you can get local support, but also Apple will actually sell those devices in this market. You know, as soon as those speakers are available, I, uh, I don't get me wrong, I don't have any guarantees, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, the core group will uh, will roll them out because they seem to sell pretty much every other uh, Apple device and accessory. So the big difference is the HomePod's gonna cost more than uh, the Google Home speakers uh, or the Amazon Echo devices. But it's one you might actually be able to walk into a shop, buy in South Africa, take home, plug in and have work. And for the local market, that uh, availability and actual built-in support could um, make an enormous difference and get people to... To actually pick it up i mean look at the basic cost estimates at the moment i'm fully expecting the device to cost around six thousand rand uh if not more um i mean it's always going to be niche but just the fact that it works uh or will work in the local market makes it uh, the most exciting announcement out of that kit to my mind
1: a whole nother story behind of the, the this ai voice assistant problem for me in that there is some real security issues. There sure. are real privacy issues. There's a reason I don't have an Echo. Or I don't use Amazon Alexa in my home is because it records everything. Sure. Now, of course, there's the argument that I've got nothing to hide. I do have nothing to hide, but I don't want my conversations in my house being recorded and put on someone's service somewhere. You know, there's going to be a time in the world where we will use voice recognition or voice patterns as a way of authenticating ourselves, like we use passwords, like we use other biometric things. I don't want a copy of that somewhere. Sure. And I suppose someone could pull down this podcast and do that with my voice. But a whole bunch of other things. I just it's it's creepy, it's invasive, there are major privacy concerns, and people should be panicked and worried about that kind of stuff. And that is the reason I'm not gonna use sure. uh, an echo in my home, even though. There are fantastic services, make-a-booking, play music. You know, right now, there's low-level AI functions. I can just as well, easily Well, that's the point, too. I guess you know, it's about the... You know, once there's the mouse. A,
0: Once there's a sufficiently compelling use case. I mean, it's my feeling, uh, generally speaking, about smartwatches still. You know, I'm, there's, there's some cool stuff they can do, but there's no one thing that makes me go, wow, how did I live without this? And I think the, the smart assistants in the home still have a little way to go there as well.
1: Indeed. Well, uh, interesting week. Thank you uh, for all joining us back on Stuffed, the podcast. And uh, we will be doing this regularly, weekly again. Uh, And sometimes, hopefully, I will have slept beforehand. You never know your luck.